and clap of praise while everybody makes their way back to their seats. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord has already blessed in our service today. We've had a, a great move of the Spirit of God during our worship. I want to say we're appreciative to everybody's um, with us today, uh, and um, uh, we're thankful for our our guests that are here. We're glad that you're here, and we hope that you receive something from the service on today. But we also got uh, we got some that are uh, still out due to illness of various kinds, and uh, we're going to have a special prayer right now for Sister uh, uh, Mildred. Uh, Brother Douglas come to me, and uh, uh, they was, um, Joy had contacted him <clears throat> earlier, and they were on the way to church, but she got sick, and uh, they had to turn around and go back home, and um, he uh, just had some contact again, and um, uh, she's not feeling too good. She's having a lot of her problems, and so... Uh, let's just stand right now and um, ask God to intervene on the scene and come in and just touch her right now. Hallelujah. Fathers, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you, God, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, God, that we have a privilege that we can approach the throne of grace to find, um, obtain mercy, to find help in the time of need. And this is a time of need for Sister Mildred. We ask God you to touch her body right now. Give her strength, God, in the name of Jesus. Touch and heal right now, Lord, in Jesus' holy, mighty name. We agree together, God, as one in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's, let's clap the hand for the Lord in agreement on that right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to get started in my message right now, and uh, I um, I'm aware of the time. Our worship services went um, a little bit longer than, than uh, normal, but um, I, I have a word I feel like I need to share with you today, and um, we will um, get into it. And uh, if it proves to be too lengthy, um, well, I'll just. Um, if the Lord leads me to, I'll uh, complete it tonight or whatever. But I'm not going to cut back on the Word of God. Amen. And that's the most important thing that we receive. We're going to be going to the book of Psalms, the 11th chapter. And we're going to read verse 1 through 7. Psalms chapter 11, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to be reading, I am, and it's on your screen in the New King James Version. And uh, this is what it uh, reads like, in the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? Hallelujah. Next verse. For look, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow on the stream that they may shoot secretly at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eye is behold His 
eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord's test the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain coals, fire, and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be portioned on their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. That is reading from the 11th chapter of Psalms, the first seven verses. Father, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for what we've experienced already. And now, God, I'm asking that you speak to us, God, through your word. Encourage us and help us right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, let the church say, Amen. It's already been said, but um, I am thrilled that our First Lady is able to be with us today. This is the first time she's been here in a while. And uh, I've been right there with her through all this, and I know what she's gone through. And um, uh, I'm I'm thankful that um, God has given her strength to be here this morning. Um. I told I told brother <laughs> other night, you know, I um I'd, I'd cooked the uh, the supper meal and fixed her a plate, and I brought it to her in the den where she was sitting in my easy chair, and um, I handed it to her and I said, "You better not get used to this." Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Yeah, Brother Paul's going through the same thing. We want to be in prayer for Sister Edna. Uh, I think she's going to be seeing the surgeon on Tuesday, and uh, they're discussing about uh, doing surgery on that knee. So uh, keep special prayer for her. She just can't hardly get around at all. I want to speak to you today on a subject titled, When Satan Says It's Over. When Satan says it's all over, um, any way <clears throat> that the devil can get you to throw up your hands and quit, he's going to do so. He is going to pour it on you hot and heavy, and we know that he's working overtime now. He's working overtime because he knows, he even he knows he's just got a short time. But I want to encourage somebody today. I want you to leave here, amen, with your head held a little bit higher and encourage because if the devil has been whispering in your ear, if he's been trying to tell you, so well, you just need to give up, it's all over, I want you to know what you need to do when that happens. And I want to just get into the Word. This Psalms right here, in Psalms chapter 11, 
I um, did a little, uh, um, pretty depth in, in study on this because I've never really got down into it and the history of it before. But this Psalms records well-intentioned but faithless advice of David's friends when he was a fugitive from King Saul. David lifted his eyes to the Lord to find faith in a time of testing. He knew the safest place to stand was in a radical trust in God. Hallelujah. You see, the years before David took the throne of Israel and became king, David lived the life of a fugitive. He was constantly haunted and hunted by King Saul and lived in constant danger. Now, in such a time, he had some friends, and his friends advised him that King Saul had destroyed the very foundations of the kingdom, and it was hopeless to enact any kind of change now. We realize, David, what you were trying to do. But the foundations have been destroyed. And what can you or what can the righteous do when foundations have been destroyed? You see, they were telling him, you might as well give up. It's hopeless. You might as well go on. His friends meant well, but David knew it was the wrong thing to do. Anybody ever got advice from somebody, amen, that you knew when they were talking to you, you felt something in your spirit that wasn't quite right? This is what David was going through right here. I want you to understand why these words here in the 11th chapter of Psalms was written by David. I want you to understand that his friends meant well, but David knew that it was a wrong thing to do what they were saying. The words of David's reply expect the near outrage to his friends. No matter how well intentioned his friends are, they are giving him the advice of fear. And no advice of fear could stand with the position of trust Amen, that he had in the Lord. Notice back again in, uh, as I look back over this. First thing David said, in the Lord, I put my trust or I take refuge. Then he asked them, how can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain?" How can you tell me I need to just turn and run? You look at me and say, look at here, the wicked have bent their bows and they make ready their arrows on the string that they may shoot secretly at the upright of heart. In the day's language, what they were telling David was, you might as well get out of Dodge. The enemy's after you. They are, they are loaded. They got their guns cocked, and they're coming for you. You need to just run. 
And if I come to tell somebody that I felt in the spirit through prayer that the devil's been telling some of you that very same thing. Oh, they might be a friend. They may have been good advisors to you in the past, but their advice, what they're peddling you is fear. Amen. And the devil is behind it. All he wants you to do is to give up your faith in God, but that's one thing you can't afford to do. Glory to the name of the Lord. Just like what was going on with David's friends, Satan always loves to come around during our troubled times and give his advice on what and how we should react to life's issues and even health concerns that run amok in our life. But when Satan says it's over, you need to tell him, devil, I've not yet begun to fight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what's wrong with a lot of people in the church today. They give up too easy. And they're the same one that's always complaining, God never moves, this don't work out for me. Well, if you would stand up sometime and believe God, you would see a turnaround in your experience. Hallelujah. Woo. When the devil says it's over, you need to tell him you ain't yet begun to fight. I let the devil know right now, I didn't start this thing, Brother Jeff, a long time ago to give up. Hallelujah. Amen. By the grace of God, did you hear what I said? By God's grace, not my doings, not my strength, not my ability, but by the grace of God, there is nothing that the enemy can throw my way or throw your way that can block you or hinder you or stop you. Hallelujah. Your greatest enemy is not the devil. Your greatest enemy is your lack of faith in God. Let me, I'm not going to be able to finish this, I know. But I'm going to get started and then we'll, we'll finish it later. But I want to talk about a name which you can depend on. Hallelujah. A name which you can depend on. Now, I have three points in this message, and this will probably be the only one that I get to. But David's friends... And here in the 11th chapter of Psalms, David's friends were not very good conduits of faith. Now listen close to me. At times in your life of difficulty, you don't need folks around you conveying fear and doubt. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Brother Pruitt? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what kind of company you keep. Uh, when you're going through some junk, I don't care what it might be, it's any kind of issue of life or some kind of health issue, you don't need, you don't need to be in the, co- in, in, in the company. I don't care if they're close friends or even family. You don't need to be in the company of doubt. Do you hear me today? 
I mean, if I'm sick and I've got a terminal illness of some kind, I don't want nobody around me wringing their hands. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe God. What are you going to do? The worst thing you can do for somebody, if a person's going through a problem in their life, is to convey fear and doubt. Just like David's so-called friends. The enemy's coming after you. They got the bows ready. They're going to attack. Amen. His greatest, David's greatest enemy at that time was King Saul. And Saul had already tore up all the foundation of righteousness that there was in Israel. And that's what they were telling David. So look, it's hopeless. It's over. But I'm here to tell somebody today, it's not over till God says it's over. It's not over till God says it's over. Let me ask you a question. Oh, but you don't know. You know, you wasn't ever the same when the doctor come and read me that bad report. Well, I want to ask you, whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to tell you something. The doctors don't know everything. Even in this modern age, let me tell you something. I took that lady to the three different hospitals, three different ERs, before we finally got somebody that could find out what was wrong with her. She suffered a month of hurting that she didn't have to go through with. They did the MRIs, they did the CAT scans, they did x-rays. And all of them, we can't find nothing. We can't find nothing. So the last one we was at, after she already spent some days and time in other hospitals, they were coming with the same thing. I said, look, I said, uh, we here till we can find a problem. And the surgeon come in and said, well, let me just order a... Uh, an ultrasound. It wasn't long. They had somebody come pushing one of those little ultrasound machines in just like they do when a, a lady's pregnant. Amen. And they cut the light. They did it right there. I was sitting on the other side of bed. And uh, I'm not no physician. I don't have no trained eye. But I could see there was something there in that gallbladder. And here was the thing. The high-dollar, high-tech stuff never detected anything. A simple ultrasound showed the results that her gallbladder was full of gallstones. This thing could have been resolved a long time ago. So, you can depend on a doctor if you want to. You can believe his report, but I'm telling you something. There are people sitting in the church alive today that the doctor said would be dead 20 years ago. I'm 
not telling the truth, brother. There's an example about Sister Andy right there. I'm going to tell you something. It ain't over that God says it over. Do you hear me? Quit listening to all the advice of fear. Amen. This we're trying to peddle fear in this year. Somebody has fear over there. Start believing God and you might get some reaction. You might get some work done in your life. David's friends were not very good con- conduits of faith. And at times in your life of difficulty, you don't need folks around you conveying fear and doubt. Those kind of folks will bring you down further rather than help propel you to victory. And when you have people who will try to get you to trust in man and his resources, but this was not David's Here he had some friends that was trying to give him advice of what to do. And it was negative stuff. Amen. It was all negative. They were telling him it's time to just cut and run. Everything's over with. Give it up. But his friends didn't understand this wasn't David's first rodeo. Do you hear what I'm saying? He had been in difficult situations before, and he knew his only option. He knew the only option that he had. He declared, in the Lord, I'm going to put my trust. In the name of the Lord, I'm going to trust. How dare you come and tell me to cut tail and run? Oh, listen to what I'm saying right now. I'm going to trust in the Lord. Let me quickly, I want to give you a couple of scriptures, and then I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm pause it, hallelujah. You see, David had done been through bad situations before, hallelujah, and he knew that running was not the answer. If you're going to run anywhere today, you need to run to the altar. Hello? If you're going to run to anywhere, run into the arms of Jesus. David knew running was not the answer. David knew relying on the arm of flesh was not the answer. But there is a name upon which you can depend. I thought I'd get an amen on that. Psalms 20 and verse 7. Here's something David penned. At another time, he said, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Oh, uh, old Putin decided to ruffle his feathers and strut around like a rooster in a, in a hen house. Hallelujah. The other day and says, we got enough nuclear power to stand against anybody that come against us. Well, David said in Psalms 27, some can trust in chariots and horses. (laughs) 
Now, if that was written in 2018, and David was here, he said some can trust in their weapons and their bombs and their nuclear stuff. Can I tell you something this morning? How many, how many, how many, how many has the, the Spirit of the Holy Ghost dwelling in you? Let me, let me, let me share this with you. If you've got the power of the Holy Ghost living with you, you've got more power inside of you than 10 atom bombs. the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Look up that word power in Strong's. It's going to say dunamis. And it's where we get the name dynamite, friend. Hallelujah. So David said, I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord our God. Proverbs 18 and 10. Now we're talking about the name of the Lord. And it says here, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous runneth into it and is safe. David knew the power of the name. He knew he could take refuge in that name. The very, and let me share you this, and I'm I'm going to pause this message at this point. Let me remind you, if you've forgotten from past teaching, that scripture, put the very first scripture back up. 11, Psalms 11 and 7. I believe it is 11 and 1, rather. Put that back up there. Hallelujah. It says, in the Lord I put my trust. In the Lord. Now, that computer screen does not print it out like it actually is. But in my Bible, that word Lord right there is in all capital letters. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. The Lord. And if you can remember some past biblical teaching, any time... In the, in the scripture, that it's written out, Lord is written out, all capital letters. That lets us know that it comes from the old Hebrew tetragrammaton, meaning four letters. And it actually means Yahweh or Jehovah. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord. Is a strong tower. And the righteous runneth into it and are what? Hallelujah. Let me remind you the name Jesus originated by the Hebrew name Yahashua, which comes from the same root as Jehovah or Yahweh. And it means to preserve or to save. Mm. 
The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runs into it and is preserved. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the devil might want to take you out, but he can't take you out because you're under God's protection. Come on, somebody. So when Satan says it's over, you need to start just praying to one another. I wonder what God's got planned because I know he's got something planned. Everybody stand up right now. <laughs> if you've been going through some stuff, different issues of life, health issues, financial issues, whatever. Maybe you've gotten some bad advice. Maybe you've gotten some advice from people who say, well, you just need to hang this up. But if you're, if you're a child of God, The Bible I read says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. It's not ordered by man. Hallelujah. The steps of a righteous man are not ordered by the banker, by the doctor. Come on, somebody. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. And our elder brother Bobby right there will let you, let you know that once you get into his plan and you quit trying to work things out your way, now think about what I just got through saying, the steps of righteous are not ordered by the banker. It's when, you're, when you realize and you get in God's will, he'll have the banker call you. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah, we done been there, we done done that, hallelujah. So, if the devil's been trying to get somebody to give up, it might be just a good idea right before we leave this place that you just come, you don't even have to kneel, just kind of stand, lift your hands, and make a declaration to the Lord, and tell God, I'm not listening to the enemy. I'm not listening to the advice of fear. I'm going to listen to you, God. And if you'll say that and pray that prayer to the Lord, I guarantee you your situation will begin to turn around. It will begin to turn around. Hallelujah. I know 